Hello and welcome to the Freedom Baptist Church podcast from Freedom Baptist Church in Minneola, Texas, where we're free from the chains of sin and death. Thank you for listening and please enjoy.
who knew no sin that became sin for me. That I might be saved from your wrath. Not only that, but I might be made the righteousness of God. Father God, I ask that you bless the reading of the word. I pray, Father, that you just touch hearts. If there be one here, Father, that doesn't know you, I pray, Father, that dear God, that you would just touch their hearts before it's everlasting too late. Father God, use me one more time. Use me one more time before you take me. Jesus, mighty name I ask. What are you saved from? You're saved from the wrath of God. Let's go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. We're going to do a whole lot of work in Romans chapter 5. What are we saved from? We're saved twice. In Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. I hope I can read this. Romans 5. All right, Romans 5. Romans, not Acts, Romans. Romans chapter 5. Let's go, let's start at verse 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we all have access by faith into his grace, wherein we stand. And rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. That's another another, another sermon for another day. Tribulations. Also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Stop right there and put your name right there. For scarcely a righteous man will die, will one die. Yet peradventure a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commended his love to us, toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to, the God, to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Did you hear that? We were saved by his death. We come, we celebrate Passover. We celebrate Passover to where, where the children of Israel, God told the children of Israel to take a lamb, a perfect lamb, a lamb without spot or blemish. Kill the, kill the lamb and place the blood over the, over the doorpost. Our Passover. Jesus is our Passover lamb. He's perfect. He's sinless. He was given to us one time. Everything in the Bible is a picture in the Old Testament. is a picture of the New Testament. Jesus, our sinless lamb, died for us. 
He died for us and we might not see sin. But more than that, more than his death, that we didn't have there are three words number one we're saved by salvation saved for salvation number two we're saved by sanctification number three we're saved by justification and the old the great old man the great old preacher E.V. Hill out of uh, San Diego California said that justification means that God looked at me justified them to sin. You see, when Jesus took that, took my sin upon the cross, he became sin. He took my sin. And God justified me. But that's to come. That's to come. Right now, we're interested in him sanctifying us. And the word sanctify means to set apart. In the Old Testament, the the uh, the Levites they had to be sanctified. They had to be set apart. They had to be chosen. They had to be anointed with oil. They had to be perfect before the sight of God. They were sanctified, and that's what Jesus' death does for us. Up from the grave, He arose with a mighty triumph for His foes. He arose a victor over the dark domain where He lives forever. For the saints to reign. He arose. He arose. Hallelujah. Christ arose. Do you get that? Do you understand that but not we are saved from the wrath of God to get us to heaven? But we ain't made it there yet. We ain't made it there yet. Right now, we're about worried about how to get there. It, we're not worried about the sweet by and by. We're worried about the nasty now and now. Jesus is our propitiation. Jesus is the one that stands before God. Jesus is the one who intercedes for us. Jesus sits at the right hand of the throne of God, interceding for us, talking to God about us, and working all things out for his good pleasure. That we might be made the likeness of God. Let's go back a little bit. Let's go back a little bit. The Jews had condemned Christ. The Romans had put Christ to death through a Roman death. The most horrible death that you can imagine. The Jews, they listened to all the prophecies. They listened to all the prophecies about Jesus coming back from the dead. So they went to the Roman council and they offered to pay them to lie and tell them that Jesus, that somebody had stolen, stole him away in the middle of the night. As a matter of fact, there's, there's still theories that go on about it today. That Jesus didn't actually die on the cross. He, he, he fainted. And when he was put in the cool tomb of uh, Joseph of Arimathea, he came back too. And Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea cut, uh, took him, uh, bound up his wounds, 
and sent him one verse says to Ethiopia, one verse says to uh, to India. But these are all lies out of the pits of hell. Jesus, when he rose from that tomb, those angels were sitting there. So when can you imagine this? You followed Jesus three and a half years. You followed him three and a half years. You've watched everything he's done. You've ever seen every miracle. You've seen Jesus Christ bring back people to life, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure the blind, heal the lepers. And now, everything you know has been crucified on a tree. Everything you know Everything you've watched for the last three and a half years is crucified on the tree. Can you just imagine it? Can you imagine his mother watching her son die? Can you imagine the grief that when they got there that day, that morning, early in the morning, he wasn't there? Where have you taken him? Where have you taken him? Just give him to me. That we can bind him up. Just give him to us. And the angel of the Lord said, He ain't here. He's rose. He's rose from the dead. He's rose from the dead that we might not be into that final judgment with God, but more than that, He rose from the dead that we might not have to serve this body of sin. Romans chapter 5 tells us. That while we were yet, or Romans chapter 6 tells us that while we were yet without strength, Christ died for the ungodly. That's me. He died for me. He died that we would be, that I might be saved from not only hell, but saved from him, saved from myself. What price are you willing to pay? What price are you willing to pay? Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. You know, as much as I love my kids and my grandkids, I don't know if I forgive them for y'all. But God looked down from heaven and poured the entire vial of his wrath Upon Jesus. Upon Jesus. That Don Smith might be sanctified and justified. The word sanctified means to set apart. It actually means to, uh, like my, my wife and grandson, they used to love to cook. It actually means to cut apart, to cut and slice apart. So in our lives, we're constantly. We're constantly coming to a point in our lives where we fail. And I fail miserably. But that's not the end. That's not the end. We have a mediator in heaven. Christ Jesus, our Savior. This standing there as the throne room of God, sitting on the right hand of the throne of God, lifting you up. Lifting you up. Telling God, I'm sorry. I bought it, Daddy. 
I've already beaten the hand. I gave my life for it. I've covered it in my blood. Sanctified. Not only does it mean set apart, it means chosen. And chosen for a particular purpose in life. God's got something for you to do. It may be your work, it may be your friends, it may be school, whatever it may be. But God's got you something, got something for you to do. Not only did God save you, he sanctified you. And when he sanctifies you, he sanctifies you for a reason. And that reason is to lead someone to Christ. To lead someone to Christ. We go to that tomb. We go to that tomb and we look. Jesus ain't in that tomb. Why look ye for the dead, the dead among the, the living among the dead? He ain't here. Where's Jesus now? If you're a born again child of God, the Holy Spirit sealed you. Not, not only did He save you, He sealed you. Said so, Don, I mess up all the time. Yes, I do. Don, I've been told that I can lose my salvation. Is that right? And you hear me good, and you hear me well, and you hear me often. You can lose your salvation. Because salvation doesn't depend on you. It depends on God. And God, Jesus, will never fail. You're, if salvation depended on Don Smith, I'd be lost as a goose. But it doesn't. Jesus saved me, he sealed me, he put me on the path. And if it was up to Don, if there was anything Don could do to stay saved, Don would mess it up. No matter what I do, no matter how far I go, how far can you go, Brother Don? I'm glad you asked that. You remember a story, a parable, about the prodigal son. Prodigal son came to his daddy. Daddy, I don't want to live in your house no more. I want what I want my part. I want what you've got for me. I know what's better for my life. I know how to live my life. I know what I want to do. I want what's, what's right in mine. Father settled his part, gave it to him. And it said the boy went to a far-off place and lived a righteous living. He spent everything he had. That was God. He spent everything he could on righteous living. And he came to himself. He came to himself. He said he was, he was feeding the swine. Swine is an unclean animal. But he was tending the swine. He was feeding the swine. The worst job that a Jew could have, he had took it. And he came to himself and he said, you know what? The servants in my father's house, they live better than I do. I'm going to rise and go back to my father. They said he turned and went. And the next thing that we're told, the next thing that we're told, they said, and the father saw Don Smith far off. The father saw you far off. Now, was the father or was the son 
ever at any time. It was the son ever at any time, not the father's child. No. The, 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 father, the son, he messed up. He spent everything he had on riotous living, on women, everything he could to just blow his money. I've been there. The word says, when the boy turned around and came back, the father saw him afar off and girded up his loins and ran to him. The father did. The father loved his son. No matter what the son had done, no matter how far the son had gone, no matter what you can do, no matter what you can do, no matter how far you mess up, not only were you saved from hell, God sealed you. He sanctified you. He justified you. You think one minute that God didn't know that Don Smith was a total screw-up? Do you think that God hadn't factored in the, the possibility that Don was going to make a mess out of everything he did. And he loved me anyway. No matter what you got. There is an addiction out there, very many, that I hadn't got, hadn't done. And God loves me enough, number one, to send his son for me. Number two, his son laid down his life for me. Number three, he saved me from myself. Not only has he saved me from hell, he's saving me from myself. That's where that sanctification comes in. He's setting you apart. Now, how many of y'all got kids? I think I've told you about my firstborn. He used to have an affinity for electrical outlets. He loved to play them. I'd catch him over there trying to play with it, and I'd reach over and spat him on the butt. Because if I let my son play with that electrical outlet, it would have killed him. God loves you enough to not let you get away with the things that you want to get away with. He loves, he absolutely loves and wanted to play with that, but his, his, that was his life. No matter what he did, don't laugh, I got stuff on YouTube. That was his thing. But it was deadly to him. God loves you enough not to let you do those things that he knows is going to be detrimental to you. He's not going to let you live the way that you want to live. He's constantly working. He's constantly taking you. He's constantly separating you unto his work, unto his good work. He chops. He takes off. He spats you. Because he's not going to let you live the way you want to. The quickest way to tell if you have a relationship with God is or not, 
The book of Hebrews says, despise not the chastening of the Lord. If you can go and live in your sin, if you can go do the things that you did, and God not with you, God not chastise you, God not convict you with the Holy Spirit that what I do is wrong. If you can do the things that you used to do and not be convicted in your heart, I wouldn't give half a hallelujah for your salvation. Because God loves you enough not to leave you where you're at. He's constantly, constantly cutting, separating things in your life, bringing things in your life to separate you to, for His honor, for His glory. Because I hate to tell you this, my friend. It ain't about you. Your life, when you were hit with, with Christ, is no longer about you. History is his story. And he's going to work. He's going to do everything in his power to make sure that I'm going to finish the job that he's got for me. You see... He's got a job for every one of us. If he saved you, if he saved you, if you're born again, you've been called. You've been chosen. You've been chosen for a purpose. And he's not going to let you do your own thing. Just like my little son, I wouldn't let him stick that and the electrical outlet, God's not going to let you do things that he knows is going to hurt you without. Now, here's the deal. Don's hard hit. I don't know if y'all know that. Amen. <laughs> you, didn't have to, you didn't have to yell loud or to quit. You know, you could have just. Don's a hard hit. God don't like to be reproved. So every once in a while, God had to take out the belt and strap my leg. But he does it because he loves me. He does it enough. He does it because he loves me enough not to leave me where I was. So this, this Easter day, this bright, beautiful, glorious Easter day when we celebrate the fact that up from the grave he arose, that he's not in the grave anymore, that they hadn't taken him away to India, they hadn't taken him away to Ethiopia. He sits on the right hand of the throne of God making intercession for you. That you, you, might be made the righteousness of God. He, now y'all get this, get this, listen to me. He who hath begun a good work in you will, W-I-L-F, will perform it. Kicking, screaming, biting, scratching, he will perform it. That's how much he loves you. It's not to leave you like you are. That's how much he loves me. Now like I said, Don's a little hard-headed. And no comment from the 
from the peanut gallery back there. Do I? know this. He who saved you, he redeemed you, he bought you with his blood. He sealed you. He sanctified you. And he's going to justify you when you get there. You see, it's a three-step process of salvation. A three-step process of salvation. Salvation, sanctification, and justification. Two of them has already been done. The salvation and the justification has already been done. He's working on the sanctification. And that's the part that hurts. That's the part that Don doesn't work. That's the part that makes Don buck. You know? Here, here, oh. Let me give you another old Indian story. I know y'all get sick of it. Here's, here's, here's an old Indian story for you. Boy came to his daddy. Dad, what? Why do I do bad things? And the old Indian chief looked at him. And he said, "Son, there are two dogs in each of us. One a bad dog, and one a good dog." Well, daddy, which one wins? The one you feed the most. If you feed the bad dog, the bad dog is going to go bigger and stronger and he's going to constantly be fighting. If you feed the good dog, the good dog is going to take over. Sanctification, justification, and most of all, Salvation. Bond paid for. From a virgin tomb to a virgin, from a virgin womb to a virgin tomb. He died. He was buried. And he rose again. That you might have eternal life. And that you might have it. More abundantly. Abundantly. But he loves you too much to leave like this. Miss Peggy, if you'll come, Brother Steve, if you'll come. I thank you for putting up with me. Like I said, we could have, we could have ended the whole service when Lacey got to the table. Today, today, I want to ask you, number one, every head down and every eye closed, number one, are you sure of your salvation? Are you absolutely, positively sure that if you died today, you would wake up in heaven? 